Welcome. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. This video will be a study of 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let me reopen our study by reminding us this was written by an apostle of Jesus Christ, Peter. He wrote this to Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. They were suffering. Peter wanted to provide from God just the instruction, the encouragement, and the imperatives they needed for their continued patient endurance of suffering, knowing not only would their suffering end, but beyond that there would be glory promised to all followers of Christ. Now, when you want to have a good relationship with God, you want to have a hopeful frame of mind and serve people well, there are certain attitudes and actions you must watchfully steer clear of. These are things that will poison relationships, erode your character, and take you away from God and from hope. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking or slander. It is our responsibility to know what these things are and develop such a distaste for them. We are watchful. We are determined. We will lay aside any of this we have in us, even if it is in small measure. We will watchfully steer clear of these destroyers of relationships, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking or slander. Five destroyers of relationships. Malice. And notice the word all malice. Put away all malice. The word all is not insignificant. Whatever malice is, I must not have any of it in my heart. Repentance, if I'm now guilty, is called for. And then ongoing spiritual growth to take me away from malice in the future. Spiritual growth that depends upon drinking the pure milk of the word. Malice means desire to injure not talking about an accident or being careless. Malice is different. The term is used 11 times in the New Testament. It is an evil habit of mind, not compatible with the mind of Christ at all. It means desire to injure. I must give up all desire to injure anyone. It is an intention of heart to hurt or injure, 
And each of us need to use the Word of God to look into our hearts and finding any malice, get rid of it at once. It is self-destructive. Use the Word of God in you to guard against malice in the future. Malice can also be described as the opposite of love. Love is the desire to help, the desire to act in the best interest of one's welfare. Malice is ill will. Love is goodwill. Both are active. Malice is activity driven by selfish hatred. Love is activity driven by unselfish devotion. I must not think or act in any malicious way. References made to this sin in other parts of the New Testament. In Ephesians 4 and verse 31, according to the New International Version, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Don't let malice destroy your relationships. Malice not only destroys relationships here on earth, it can make you sick, and let's be sure, it makes God sick. Number two, all guile, or some translations will have the word deceit. Curious definition here. This means the use of bait to snare someone in your trap, to lure your victim to his defeat, to be willing to use carnal methods to deceive, to trick someone, to conceal your motives and ambush your opponent. Paul, back in the book of Acts, can you turn with me to chapter 13? Paul encountered a man once who was a man experienced in guile or deceit. And the story is told in Acts 13. And this is one of the first stops in Paul's first missionary journey. This is in Acts chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse 4 down through verse 12. Acts 13, 4 through 12, for an example of guile or deceit. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Barjesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, 
you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. You will not stop making crooked the paths of the Lord. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. That's a New Testament example of guile or deceit. Paul said to this man what his real condition was when he spoke these words, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the ways of the Lord? Notice in verse 8, this man sought to turn the proconsul away from the faith. The sorcerer was using the methods of his father, the devil, attempting to deceive and draw his victim into his destructive trap. We cannot use the methods of the devil. We cannot use the methods of the world, the methods celebrated by the world. Let all malice and all deceit be put away from us. Destroyer number one is malice. Number two is guile or deceit. Hypocrisy. The Greek word used by Peter and other New Testament writers was taken from the context of drama or theater. An actor or actress playing the part of another pretending to be someone else to entertain on stage. So a hypocrite is one who pretends to be something that he or she is not. In your heart, there's one person. In your public life, there is a different person. That's hypocrisy. It is pretense. We all realize that some people live a lie. Their life is a lie. In their public conduct, there is the appearance of good character, right intentions, association with God, a member of the church in good standing. But in heart, there is not good character, an absence of right intentions, no real association with God in the heart, only in pretentious conduct before men. Growth cannot be pursued with any serious vigor as long as there is this inconsistency between heart and life. And if we appreciate all that Peter said in chapter 1, we will be ready and willing and active to lay aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy. These things are poison. These things destroy us and take us away from God. We must use his word to identify and remove these attitudes. Three destroyers <clears throat> which can take us away from God and from people we love. Malice, deceit, 
sometimes called guile and hypocrisy. Next, envy. Just in a few seconds. Back to our list of destroyers of relationships. We come now to envy. Sometimes you'll hear someone express some difficulty distinguishing between these two things, jealousy and envy. Well, jealousy indicates being overly possessive of what you believe belongs to you and may in fact belong to you. Jealousy in course of time can develop into contentious rivalry, even violence or murder. Envy is different. Envy is defined as a feeling of displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing of the advantage or prosperity of others. You believe somebody has what you should have. The attitude is, if you were to put it into words, they shouldn't have that. I should. He shouldn't have that truck. I should. She shouldn't have that award. I should have been given that award. He shouldn't get that promotion. I should have received that promotion. That's envy. And by the way, this is the term used in Matthew 27, 18 to signify that Pilate knew that Jesus had been delivered to him because of envy. See, the common people listened to Jesus. They paid attention to him. Many followed him and celebrated his entrance into Jerusalem. The Jewish leaders saw that, <coughs> and they didn't like it. They thought they ought to have that kind of attention. They thought they should be the leaders. They should be the ones receiving that kind of celebration. Now, if I have a good grasp of what Peter wrote in the first chapter, blessings, and if I want to grow and be an obedient child of God, like a baby grows on milk, I must watch, I must watch myself carefully for any sign of this attitude of envy, and I must forcefully lay it aside. You know, back in the book of Romans, in chapter 1, the last several verses, Paul describes a number of things that we ought to lay aside. Let me read some of that. One of them will be envy. In Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 28, Paul says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boasters, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree 
that those who practice such thing deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So over there in Romans 1, in that awful list of things that identify the sin of humanity, there is full of envy. And then all evil speaking or slander of every kind. Let me observe that if there is a progression in 1 Peter 2 verse 1, it tells us that these attitudes eventually find their way to the tongue. And so, if I let my heart become the home for malice, if I use guile or deceit to trap victims, if I am hypocritical and envious, eventually these diseases will kill me in my mouth through what I say, evil speaking. Brother Clinton Hamilton wrote a useful commentary on 1 Peter in which he said about evil speaking, what is under view is every act whereby one might slander or libel another, the purpose of which is to do the person detriment or hurt. The tongue is a very willing instrument to express the ill will of the heart. It is helpful to think of the tongue as an instrument which expresses the content of the heart. It is not just helpful, it is the truth spoken directly by the Lord in Matthew 12, 34. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I have any trouble with my tongue, the source of that trouble is my heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I speak insults, accusations without evidence, snide little remarks about people, I have heart trouble. If I'm willing to lie and curse and use profanity and express lewd and immoral things, that kind of talk comes from an evil heart. If I revile, if I participate in gossip or slander, all evil speaking comes from the heart. And growth cannot be enjoyed while involved in any of these destroyers of relationships. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and then do this to avoid these destroyers like newborn infants Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Here's one paraphrase of our passage. So, clean house. Make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. Thank you for your viewing and your study with us of 1 Peter 2, 
1 through 3.